And I want to welcome you to the first episode of Worldviews. I am Dr. Paul Darangowski, and I want to thank you for taking some time out of your evening to join me. I hope that you find this to be interesting. You're more than welcome to call in at any time. The number is 605-562-0444. We don't have a Skype hookup here, otherwise we would give that a try as well. And what we're going to be talking about here has been in the news recently. And it comes down from the Mormon church. At least a lot of the Mormon members are all up in arms over a movie. The movie is The Deadpool. Right before Christmas, a good guy in red is coming to theaters with his new sidekick, Fred. Once upon a Deadpool. Kind of prefer Marvel movies. We are Marvel. Yeah, but you're, you know, Marvel licensed by Fox. It's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. It's music, but it sucks. Yeah, well, I had an opportunity to see this movie. And really, the... I don't know what was more offensive. All of the trailers leading up to the movie, or the movie itself. Uh, Some people thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was kind of dumb. But you know... Really, what is upsetting the Mormons here is not so much the movie itself, because I really doubt that most Mormons spent much time actually watching the movie. Instead, they are all upset about a picture. A picture that was drawn, I'm assuming, probably by a Mormon by the name of Harry Anderson, was used in a promo that I did not see at the movie theater last night, but it might have been used in other settings, in other movie theaters, where they took Anderson's picture of Jesus Christ supposedly coming back in the clouds and all of the angels and the like are standing around blowing their trumpets. And the producers of this movie took that picture and kind of did a little editing job on it whereby this, this X-Man character, Deadpool, who shows up in this movie, and apparently there were other movies by the same title of Deadpool, kind of a, uh, I don't know, I think it was a pretty violent movie. I did not see the first one or the second one. This is kind of a takeoff, a cleaned-up version, even though it was still pretty raunchy. Uh, and they took this picture and they substituted the Deadpool character along with this uh, savage character, who's a uh, early childhood character that that is being told this story by Deadpool, that uh, it's about some uh, this X Man savior saving this uh, mutant kid. That's what really the whole theme is about. And they've taken this picture and they've rearranged it. And instead of having angels in the background, I'm looking at it right now. They get a bunch of characters playing music along with Fred Savage and a dog and all all this type of stuff and they call it Once Upon a Deadpool and the Mormons are livid they think it is offensive some was said it was sacrilegious others say that it is blasphemous that it is religious discrimination in fact a website called change.org 
had a place carved out for the Mormons here where they started this petition. And the other day it was at 31,000, I'm assuming most of them being Mormons, signed it. They want this removed. Well, that has since grown to, I'm looking at it right now, to over 46,000 individuals have signed this. And some of the reasons for getting rid of this or for signing this this petition, dealing with this picture, uh, they're typical of what I just said here a second ago. There's blasphemous, it's sacrilegious, and on and on and on. Uh, a most recent one says, I'm signing because it's wicked and disrespectful to mock things like this so serious, like this, or like this. Uh, somebody else said, this is disrespectful to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and to the artists who painted the original artwork. I'm sure the creators of the post did not receive permission to use this art as a reference or a template. Uh, another one writes, this is blasphemy. It's rude. It's disrespectful. Somebody else said, I'm utterly offended. How is this less offensive than if they made fun of another religion, ripped off their art, or some other community or ethnic group? What I find to be curious about this, and maybe you can clue me in, is why do the Mormons get all bent out of shape over this, and they don't think that their theology is not sacrilegious? is not blasphemous, is not discriminatory in the most evil type of way. Are they that naive? 605-602-0444 is the number. You can call it and answer that for me. I would love to hear from you. we got some clips here I want to share with you dealing with this whole Deadpool thing, this whole Deadpool controversy, and I'd love to hear from you. Well, I want to share it with you, and I would love to hear your response. The first one comes from this Patrick Mason. A pa- Patrick Mason's a Mormon. He teaches at Claremont University, Claremont College. He's a Mormon. And he has this to say about this Deadpool. As a movie character, it is uh, all about crude humor and uh, uh, satire and sarcasm. Uh, they would see it as being precisely the opposite of the kind of characters and virtues that, that Jesus uh, embodies. I would agree that it is pretty raunchy, lots of foul language in the movie itself. But my question in respect to what Mr. Mason had to say is, which Jesus are you talking about? Because to me, Mormon theology and what they have to say about Jesus is pretty rank. It's pretty wicked itself. Mason goes on to say, So the second coming is an important part of LDS religious belief, the idea that Jesus will come to the earth again. And that particular portrayal of it is one of the most beloved and reproduced images of of the second coming. You see it in Latter-day Saint homes and churches all over the place. Yeah, this is this uh, picture that was produced by Mr. Anderson. Jesus is uh, supposedly coming in the in the clouds. But my question, once again, is which Jesus are you talking about? Now, that question itself might offend some people. Might offend some Mormons. They say, what do you mean? Jesus is Jesus. There's no difference. The Jesus that we believe in is the Jesus you believe in. Uh, Not so fast there, partner. 
That is not true. In fact, uh, Robert Millet, who teaches at BYU, wrote a book here not long ago called A Different Jesus, and he goes through and he expounds on what the Mormons believe about Jesus. And I'm telling you, after years of studying theology as well as Mormonism, they're, they're not the same Jesus. They're like what the Apostle Paul would call it if he, if he were here to discuss the Mormon Jesus. He would say it's a different Jesus. So which Jesus have they got in mind here that's supposedly coming in the clouds is being depicted in this Harry Anderson picture? Mr. Mason goes on and he says, Mason, who's a member of the church himself, says anytime people use the sacred art of another group, they should do their research and ask people in that community their take. If that wasn't done, then I think it was a failure of research. If it was done uh, and they're disregarding people's uh, feelings, then, then I think that's another matter. Um, and, and that would be really unfortunate. Of course, this comes from a, a Fox uh, for a reporter, not Fox 4, but a Fox 13 reporter that was in Utah. And she asked him about this whole Deadpool thing. And he's talking about it being unfortunate if, if people did not regard the feelings of those when they, when they first set out to create this image. And my question is, is that really, or isn't that really what this is all about? It's about their feelings. Mormonism is about feelings. It's not about theology. Because if it was really about theology, then what about my feelings? What about the Christians' feelings? 605-562-0444. And that reminds me. A few years ago, I had written a book on this very topic. It was, uh, it's called Biblical Forgiveness versus Mormon Forgiveness. And in it, I go through and I discuss what Mormons believe, how they will not be able to get to heaven because of their theology. You can pick up a copy at Amazon. It's relatively cheap. Ten bucks, not bad. And it goes into detail many of these theological things we're going to discuss tonight and why I think the Mormons are acting hypocritically by saying, you know what, we're offended by this. This is just patently wrong. How could you dare take this image and portray it in the manner that you have? Have you no, have you no uh, sorrow or remorse over, the, over, the, over how you've offended us? Well, once again, what about Mormon theology? Because what they believe about Jesus is not what a Christian believes about Jesus. In the sense that, you know, we're talking about the second coming here. Did you know the Mormons believe that their Jesus, who was not God originally, but became a God, he's coming back to rule in Independence, Missouri? That's where the New Jerusalem, Jerusalem is supposed to be. And prior to that, the I mean, depending on who you read, it's kind of kind of hard to clear through all of the the uh, the maze of, of Mormon beliefs from time to time. 
some like like the Glenn Beck type believe that during this millennial period there's going to be a wall of fire around the United States and people won't be able to come in. This is part of the kookiness of Mormonism that the Mormons seem to think, you know what, this is not offensive. The Bible doesn't talk about that type of a thing. In fact, as I said here a second ago, the original Jesus, the the Mormon Jesus, I should say, he wasn't God. He became God. In fact, a narrator of an article, a Mormon narrator of an article of uh, one of the Mormon apostles by the name of Boyd K. Packer, had this to say about the Mormon Jesus. Here are some facts about Jesus Christ and some facts about you. These can help you see that you can indeed follow the same basic path he did to obtain a fullness of the blessings Heavenly Father has in store for you. See, Jesus received this fullness of the gospel and, he's, and his, his character. But what does that mean, a fullness? It's, it's something that they repeat over and over and over. In fact, Joseph F. Smith, who was one of the presidents of the church, said something similar. If Jesus, the Son of God, and the Father of the heavens and the earth, in which we dwell, received not a fullness at the first, but increased in faith, knowledge, understanding, and grace, until he received a fullness, is it not possible for all men who are born of women to receive little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, until they shall receive a fullness, as he has received a fullness, and be exalted with him in the presence of the Father? Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Joseph F. Smith, 1998, page 153. A receiving of the fullness meant that Jesus was not God to begin with. In fact, Joseph F. Smith, the same character that the narrator talked about in this short clip, said even Christ himself was not perfect at first. He received not a fullness at first. But he received grace from, for grace, and he continued to receive more and more until he received fullness, until he became God. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that Jesus was God, very God, from the beginning. But see, this doesn't coincide with Mormon theology. My question then becomes, isn't that not sacrilegious? Isn't that not blasphemous? Is that not wickedness to say, well, Jesus, well, he wasn't God, very God. He received it. He worked his way up to it. In fact, you know what? If Jesus did it, then so can we. Jesus Christ continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 13. You can also receive a fullness through Jesus Christ if you keep God's commandments. See Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 27. Did you get that? That's from Boyd K. Packer. as being read by a, a uh, moderator, a narrator, over on the LDS website. You can find this article over there, complete with the, the audio and the whole nine yards. But did you get that? Jesus not only received a fullness. He became God, but so can you. In fact, here's how you do it. You do it by keeping the commandments. Really? How's that working out? 
You know, I've asked Mormons in the past that very question. How's it working out? Oh, well, you know, we don't quite make it in this life. You know, I don't think God expects that of us, Heavenly Father. So we're going to have the next life to do it as well. We'll just have to work it out in spirit prison hell. Real, is that what the Bible says? The fact of the matter is, that's not what it says. It is appointed that a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. So says Hebrews 9.27. If a person leaves this life and he is not completely in agreement or reconciled to God, he doesn't go to a spirit prison hell where he eventually works his way to, to Godhood, as the Mormonism teaches. He goes to hell for eternity. But getting back to the, the subject of being offended in the whole nine yards, you mean to tell me Jesus wasn't God, I can become a God, Jesus kind of paved the way, all I've got to do is keep the commandments, which once again, that undermines why Jesus even came to the earth in the first place, and I'm not supposed to be offended? 605-562-0444 would love to hear from you in that respect. It doesn't stop there, though. You know, the, the Mormon Jesus, he's not God. The Mormon Jesus actually was uh, conceived by God the Father with Heavenly Mother, as well as Mary. He was first conceived as a spirit child. He was a nebulous existence prior to that. Till Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother got together, had sex in heaven out there in the cosmos somewhere. And then when it came time for Jesus to come to earth, well, then he came via the natural normal way. According to several authors of Mormonism. God the Father is a perfected, glorified, holy man, an immortal personage. And Christ was born into the world as the literal son of this holy being. He was born in the same personal, real, and literal sense that any mortal son is born to a mortal father. There is nothing figurative about his paternity. He was begotten, conceived, and born in the normal and natural course of events. For he is the Son of God, and that designation means what it says. That's what Bruce McConkie has said. He was a general authority, an apostle of the Mormon Church. Now some say, well, that's his opinion. Well, what was he opining about considering the book that he wrote was called Mormon Doctrine, and this was accepted for years as mainline Mormonism. And then when, you know, the Mormons started to figure out, you know what, this, this is kind of disgusting. We need to keep this under wraps. We don't need to be talking about this. That's, that's the sacred doctrine. We don't completely understand it. We don't exactly know how, how it happened. 
Really? You don't know, but this Mormon apostle did. My question is there, well, who would know more about it then? Would a Mormon apostle who wrote about this just voluminously, would he not know about this? And maybe you're not paying attention? Or do you know exactly what he is saying here, and you don't want to come to grips with it? I think it's the latter. I think it's Mormons oftentimes, number one, they don't know what their, what their real belief systems are, what their real beliefs are about Jesus. They kind of go on these feelings that Mr. Mason talked about before, and then when they're confronted with statements like this, then they go, uh-oh, that means that Jesus is the offspring of an incestuous relationship between God the Father and Mary. Because you see, God the Father conceived with Heavenly Mother off in the cosmos somewhere again, Mary, who is their daughter. And when, then when the daughter came to earth and then Jesus needed to be conceived, God the Father came to Mary, who was his daughter, conceived with Mary and had Jesus. That's sick. But you see, people like me, we're not supposed to be offended by that. We're not supposed to... We're not supposed to do any, anything other than just kind of swallow it whole. But we need to be worried about this picture. You know, because you see, that picture is sacred. That's about Jesus coming. If that's your Jesus, the product of an incestuous relationship between God the Father and Mary, that's not my Jesus, I'm sorry. That Jesus can't save anybody. That Jesus doesn't represent Christianity in the, well, I should say probably in the only, the uh, most wildest of imaginations. 605-562-0444. If you have a question or comment, I'll take either, about this whole idea of the Mormons being offended over this picture of the coming of Jesus and how the Deadpool character and the Deadpool producers used it in the way they have. That is sacrilegious. That is religious discrimination. I know Deadpool is supposed to be offensive to everyone, but asking the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to let this slide is way over the top. Who asked the Mormon Church to let it slide? I think they probably just did it on their own. These are more of these responses from this change.org site where the Mormons have gathered to try to get this picture removed. This is mockery of everything I hold sacred. You mean to tell me that Jesus not being God but was born of an incestuous relationship with Heavenly Father and Mary, that's not mockery? That's not sacrilegious? This complaint is not hi hypocritical to the, to the hilt? You mean to tell me that you claiming that you can become a god if you'll simply work at it hard enough, that's not mockery of Jesus, God, the plan of salvation, the Bible, the whole nine yards, that's not mockery? 
Somebody else said something similar. Megan Whitmer says, I am sad to see this religious mocking. Well, I'm not mocking you as a Mormon right now. I'm asking you, is not your belief system offensive way beyond this picture, you know, this Deadpool picture that you're talking about? If it's not, please explain how it's not. Because it certainly is not Christianity, and yet you want to pass yourself off as a bunch of Christians. 605-562-0444. If you want to, chime in. I'm signing this because it's not right to make fun of our religion. You know, oftentimes I hear that coming from the Mormons. You know, why don't you spend more time, you know, exalting or talking about the positive things of your religion and and leave us alone. It's not right that you should disrespect us and make fun of us and all this kind of stuff. I'm not making fun of you. I'm asking you. And plus, I want to turn your attention to what the Apostle Paul had to say about this very thing about disrespecting religion and all this kind of stuff. uh, Paul said, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's the obligation of the Christian to destroy these fortresses that false religion props up in the name of Christianity in too many cases. And that's exactly what we have here with these Mormons talking about, hey, you know, we don't think it's right that you should make fun of us. Blah, blah, blah. It isn't just offensive to Latter-day Saints. This is disrespectful to Christians. So says this Ryland Wind on Change.org. It is pure mockery and it is sacrilege. It isn't just offensive to Latter-day Saints. Religion is a topic that should never be made fun of. So when, once again, you tell me that Jesus is coming back, as in this Deadpool picture, and he's going to set up the New Jerusalem in Independence, Missouri, to erect a temple there so that, well... We can keep on performing baptisms for the dead so that they can go on to become a god. That's not disrespectful to Christians. In fact, I've got a, uh, uh, a quote here from Gospel Principles on this, on this very thing. Because they talk about uh, the millennium and the building of this temple and so on, and what Jesus is supposed to be guiding when he returns. And this is a, uh, the Gospel Principles is a, it's a teaching manual. It's something the Mormons use during their, you know, their kind of Sunday school type settings. It's a guide for their teachers. And they say this about the millennium. This is about this Jesus coming back, the Mormon Jesus. And they're talking about the work that Mormons will have to perform when Jesus returns and builds that temple in Independence, Missouri. 
there is too much work to finish before the millennium begins. So it will be completed during that time. Resurrected beings will help us correct the mistakes we have made in doing research concerning our dead ancestors. They will also help us find the information we need to complete our records. You mean that's not sacrilegious? That's not blasphemy? Oh, but it's over there in the book of Corinthians, Baptism for the Dead. Yeah, but what you're talking about is of the occult. And you're going to be doing it when Jesus returns. You're going to have all these resurrected beings. You're going to come back with all this information. So you can complete all your databases. So you can go down into the baptismal font in whatever Mormon temple you happen to be in at that particular time is probably supposedly going to be the main one at Independence, Missouri. And you're going to take on somebody's dead name or some dead person's name, and you're going to go down, you're going to get dunked, you're going to come out, and supposedly then the Mormon missionaries will go off to spirit prison hell, preach the gospel to them where they'll be released and they can go on and accept the ordinances, get married in the church, and so on and so forth, and become a god someday in a celestial abode? You mean to tell me that is not blasphemy? I think it is. But you're worried about a picture. The Mormons are worried about a picture. They're worried about, oh, well, you know, the Deadpool character is mocking our religion. Mormonism is a mockery of Christianity. I think this is in poor taste. Many people believe in Jesus. This is mockery of what they view as sacred. If he was dressed as an LDS missionary, that would be funny. But this is too far. So says uh, this other character on Change.org. Mockery? Not sacred? This person doesn't even have a clue what Mormonism teaches. No one should be balking another church or individual religious beliefs. No, they should be tearing. If you're a Christian, you should be tearing those down because those are erected to prevent the person from seeing the gospel. The Mormon Jesus is not the biblical Jesus. But to kind of make this a little bit more relevant, there was a, another leader of the Mormon church by the name of Boyd K. Packer who talked about who Christ was. And interesting enough, in his article, you can see this as well. Uh, I, I, well, I don't know if you can on this one or not, because this one is one in my archive. This goes clear back to March of 2008 in the Inside Magazine. So you can't really get this one because it's not online anymore. It's an interesting thing when I was researching this. For years I've been doing this. Uh, I would go to the Mormon site and get their publications and the like. They're all free and the like. And archive them. Now mine go clear back for years. Well the Mormon church has cut down on that. They don't want people researching this material. Historically speaking. But anyway. Boyd, Camp, Boyd Packer had a uh, written this article about who Christ was, and he spent, uh, I don't know, a few pages talking about the subject and never really addressed the person who Christ was. He talked all around it. He gave us all of the punch 
not punchlines, all of the bullet points. And one of the things he talked about that pertains to you if you're not a Mormon is this comment here of why something that's supposedly related to Jesus, namely the atonement, we'll talk about that here in a second, we'll talk about how that is sacrilegious, but he talks about why you don't see it in the New Testament as much. Jacob defined the great and abominable church in these words, Wherefore he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female, shall perish. For they are they who are the whore of all the earth, for they who are not for me are against me, saith our God. Second Nephi chapter 10, verse 16. And you know, here, Boyd K. Packer is aligning Jesus with the Mormon church. And anyone who happens to disagree with the Mormon church is a part of the abominable church, if they happen to go to one, or you're part of the whore of the earth. But that's not, that's not offensive at all. No, they, they, the Mormons just say, oh, you got part of the truth. You're part of the whore. You're part of the abominable church, and you're the reason why a lot of the beliefs that we hold to be sacred, they're not in the New Testament. You took it out. We put it back in. Now, quit being a whore and join us. Maybe going, wow, you're, you're really uh, getting wound up here. Well, this is what Mormonism teaches, and oftentimes you never hear when people like those that have put up this petition here all, and all of these Mormons signing this petition against the Deadpool, which, like I said, to me is just a raunchy movie, but they're worried about the picture. They don't tell you about stuff like this. They don't tell you these, uh, uh, I don't know, tawdry things. They believe about you as an individual, whether you go to a Baptist church or a Presbyterian church, a Methodist church, a non-denominational church. They don't tell you those things. What we have kind of today in Mormonism is the politically correct version. We want to be kinder and gentler and not talk about those types of things like Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and Joseph Fielding Smith and the like. We don't want to talk like them because they laid it on the line. And we don't want to do that. We want to soft soap it a little bit. We want, to, we want you to believe that you're not a part of the abominable church. We just kind of want to get along. But to me, that is being disrespectful. That is being hypocritical when they do stuff like that. And also, you know, when he was talking about be, becoming a God, Boyd K. Packer, he emphasized this as well. Jesus Christ continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 13. You can also receive a fullness through Jesus Christ if you keep God's commandments. See Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 27. You know what? I actually blew that one. That wasn't the right one. I played that one earlier. I wanted to talk about this one. By this infinite sacrifice, through this atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Article of Faith 3. Once again, here you can be uh, atoned for, 
which really in Mormonism is a license to go on and become a god, if you'll simply be obedient. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. If it's a gift and it's not something of yourself, then you can't earn it. You don't do it by obedience. It's because you are disobedient that God's grace intervenes and redeems you, apart from anything that you can do. But you see, the Mormon says, you know what? We need, we need to get rid of these pictures. This is what's offensive. Oh, oh, and that's, oh, and that part about, uh, you know, obedience. Is, oh, well, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that one later on. Even though that is going to be the crux or the difference between what is Christian and what is not. See, this whole thing about a picture being sacred when we don't even know what Jesus looked like is a distraction. It's all about these feelings that this Patrick Mason talked about earlier. No, doctrine itself, Christian belief is not about how you feel. It's about how God objectively looked at us as sinners and our need of redemption apart from anything we could do. We may feel like we're a Christian, but that doesn't mean that we are one. And lots of people have all kinds of feelings of what they think is Christian and not Christian. And that's what, that's kind of how the Mormons operate. They operate on this burning in the bosom thing and Oh, I felt the spirit and all that kind of stuff. Balderdash. Pure nonsense. When we get to the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of biblical Christianity versus Mormonism, Mormonism is an offense. It is blasphemy, with or without the pictures. But Boyd Packer doesn't stop there either. He wants to supplant the Bible. Only once in the New Testament, but 39 times in the Book of Mormon. What better witness that the Book of Mormon is indeed another testament of Jesus Christ? Another testament of Jesus Christ. See, Mormons don't want to talk about that either. They think the Bible is full of errors and mistakes. It's not trustworthy. Oh, but what's, what we can do... Is kind of put it on the bottom of the stack and then springboard from there into things that, uh, well, the Book of Mormon talks about that the more that the uh, the Bible doesn't, because you see, once again, all of those nefarious scribes and you abominable people, you know, in your churches being part of the whore and being led about by Satan, you took it out. And you see, because the Book of Mormon reinserts more times the word words like atonement or whatever, you see, that's, that, that gives it validity. Even the, the, the idea of atonement in Mormonism is abject nonsense. 
Mormons believe that the atonement means at one mint, which is nonsense. It doesn't mean at one mint. It means to cover. It comes from the Hebrew word kafir. To cover, as in blood on the, on the mercy seat, covering the sins of Israel. Jesus' blood covers us. That's the atonement. So that our sins are forgiven in God's sight. It's not, oh, well, we're going to be at one minute like New Age style. But you see, Mormons don't seem to understand. Well, when you say that at one minute is what atonement is, and then they go into all this nonsense about keeping the commandments and the ordinances and being baptized and people laying hands on they don't understand that is offensive in itself. To anybody who knows anything about the Bible, to anybody who knows about what biblical salvation is about. And so when you talk about things like this movie and the picture, the Harry Anderson picture about Jesus' second coming, that's, oh, well, that's, you see, this is what real Christianity is about. No, it's not. That's a diversion. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, but you're disrespecting our beliefs. You mean to tell me you're butchering of, of the atonement and who Jesus was and what salvation's about and who God is and what the Bible was supposed to be about? That's not offensive? Am I starting to get across to you what is really wrong here? According to the another comment probably from another Mormon dealing with this Deadpool thing a Maria Anderson says this isn't right that's all she says using this picture it isn't right well tell me something after kind of laying this out here to you you mean to tell me this whole line of reasoning from the Mormons is right what about, what about Jesus and, and, his, uh, and his death? Where, where did the atonement take place? At Gethsemane and Golgotha, the Savior's blood was shed. That is nonsense. Because you see, Mormons in that respect, this is once again, this is Boyd K. Packer saying, you know what, the atonement where evil was confronted was in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's a Mormon belief. That's a standard doctrine. And that is nonsense. That is not right. That is blasphemy. The Bible says that Jesus shed sweat as as if it was blood. It didn't say that it was blood. But you see, the Mormons take that as the place where atonement took place, where forgiveness of sins took place. Oh, and it was also over on the Christ, over on the uh, cross. But that's not what Peter said. Peter didn't say that, that uh, the atonement took place in Gethsemane. He said, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. 1 Peter 2.24. No mention of Gethsemane anywhere. You may be saying, well, that's splitting hairs. No, it's not. That's fundamental doctrine because Mormons rely upon this nonsense to claim, you know what, this is restored Christianity. 
It's not restored anything. This is a complete distortion of what the Bible teaches. But we need to be offended by this picture. 605-562-0444 if you have a question or a comment about this Deadpool picture, this movie that has come out that has caused the Mormons to go bonkers. Over 40-some thousand Mormons now have signed a petition to have this Deadpool picture removed, which, once again, I went and saw last night, did not see that particular poster anywhere in the lobby. They did not show it as an introduction to the movie itself, a movie that deals with uh, Marvel, I'm kind of a made-up Marvel character, comic, cartoon character. So he's trying to save a mutant boy that was in some school. Fred Savage is in the picture. I just thought it was a stupid movie. I thought the trailers leading up to it were absolutely, most of them were demonic, all, almost all of them promoting some kind of the occult. And then we got to this movie, and it was just equally ridiculous. Hard to follow, satirical in a weird way, bad jokes, lots of sexual innuendo. It was disgusting. But see, the Mormons, I think probably most of them, didn't even go to the movie. They're worried about this picture. And my question is, why? You're saying that the picture is offensive and blasphemous and the whole nine yards. Well, what about your beliefs? Ethan Wise says it's simp- it simply. He says he has simply respect for the church and for the religious aspects. Yeah, I think he meant disrespect. It mocks my best friend. The movie industry continues to go too far. It is a disgrace. You mean to tell me that Jesus dying in Gethsemane is not a disgrace? You mean to tell me that you earning Godhood by supposedly keeping the commandments is not a disgrace. It is a mockery to God. God the Father who became a God just like Jesus became a God. Heavenly Father, He lived in the same kind of setting as you and I did. This is Mormon belief. He earns His way to Godhood. That's not mockery. That's not blasphemy. I believe it is very offensive and disrespectful to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who should not be portrayed as a comic book character, who incites violence and death. This should be removed immediately. It is disrespect not only to the Mormon community, but to all Christians who follow the teachings of Christ. With that being said, have a Merry Christmas. This is nonsense in itself. He wants this Jimmy Acuna on change.org. It's disrespectful to the Mormon community, but all Christians. Mormons cannot be Christians. If what I have said to you and what Boyd Packer, Mason, and others have said, McConkie and all, they cannot be Christians if what I'm telling you 
and what they've said about Mormonism is true. And I don't know why it wouldn't be true. Joseph F. Smith, Jesus became a god. He wasn't perfect to begin with. That's Mormonism, ladies and gentlemen. But we're worried about equating Mormons with all the Christians. Mormons cannot be Christian because Mormonism will not allow it. It is abjectly contrary to more or to Christian teaching. And we'll talk about Christ Mass some other time. One other thing that I find just abjectly disgraceful is the whole idea of what Mormonism teaches about sin and the fall of mankind. Adam and Eve ventured forth to multiply and replenish the earth as they had been commanded to do. The creation of their bodies in the image of God as a separate creation was crucial to the plan. Their subsequent fall was essential if the condition of mortality was to exist and the plan to proceed. What, what uh, Boyd Packer here is saying is that sin was necessary for Adam and Eve to obey God. Now, wrap your mind around that one. They were told not to sin against God. But unless they sinned against God, they could not go on to have children, become a god someday, and so on and so forth. This whole idea that sin was necessary equates it with God. That's what he's saying. Because God is the only thing or being that is necessary. Nothing else is. Everything else is contingent upon God. You say, well, is, is sin contingent upon God? I'm saying that when it comes to you know, this equation of what is absolutely uh, must be versus that which doesn't need to be, God stands alone. God may permit sin, but it's not necessary. God had given a command to Adam and Eve to abstain from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they rebelled. But you see, in Mormon theology, that was a necessary thing that had to happen. Because you see, if they didn't, then they couldn't have children. And if they didn't have children, they couldn't go on to become gods and goddesses themselves one day, either Adam and Eve or their offspring. And you mean to tell me that is not a disgrace? It equates what is evil with God. And then the whole idea that, you know what, we've got the freedom to choose to, wear, to do whatever we want, we want to do thereafter. We made the first rebellious act, uh, or we've completed the first rebellious act, and now, you know what, it's just up to us to keep God on, on the back burner, and we can either accept or deny his, his invitation to, to be atoned for, whereby, you know what, if we keep all of the ordinances and the commands and get married in the right place by the right uh, religious entity in the right religious institution, we can go on and become a God ourselves and live in God's presence. That's what the Mormons call the fullness we talked about before. 
as well as what exaltation is about and the celestial heaven. 605-562-0444. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about this? Are the Mormons way off base on this? I think they are. I think the whole uh, petition thing, the whole complaint thing about the Deadpool is just severely misguided. It's so twisted, so distorted. Because, well, once again, we're talking about a picture versus that which is essential. Deborah Hill says, this is offensive and it mocks Christianity. You mean to tell me what I just said here a second ago about the necessity of sin and equating it with God is not a mockery, is not offensive? She probably didn't give it a second thought because she, like so many individuals, think that Mormonism is Christianity or some kind of sect of Christianity. It is no such thing. It is anti-Christian to the hilt. And I could go on and on and on. You know, just covering the few subjects I've just talked about here a second ago. Explaining why, you know, these differing heresies are just patently offensive. They're patently contrary to what a Christian would believe. And and what makes it even, I don't know, maybe worse? Not sure. But what makes it even worse is the Mormons don't want to talk about it. Just like they don't want to talk about things like their holy undergarments, how that is, you know, is associated with Freemasonry and the occult. Why? Because it's sacred. Or what goes on in the Mormon temple in the basement, you know, with the baptisms for the dead. Why? Because that's sacred. Or when they were talking about a Mormon going through the endowment ceremony and the changes that it has undergone over the years because of its occult ties to Freemasonry and the like. Why? Because it's sacred. We don't want to talk about them. I think more because, well, it's just patently offensive. Anybody with a cursory knowledge of what the Bible teaches would look at this and they'd be going, uh, excuse me, you mean by wearing a certain garment close to your skin and taking your bath and your shower in it, that's going to protect me from the evil one. But you're going to gloss it over by saying, well, you know, this is, uh, well, it, it helps me, it helps uh, remind me of my ordinances. That is nonsense. That's not why they wear these holy undergarments with the, with the, uh, the Masonic symbols on them. It's not because it's sacred when they go into the Mormon temple and take these vows where early on they were talking about cutting their throat and the whole nine yards. That's been removed from the endowment ceremony. But this whole idea that we're going to be married for time and eternity and all this stuff because we uh, took on these, these secret names and the like, 
and that the, the, the husband one day will call the wife forth from the grave, and otherwise she's going to lay there until he does. They don't want to talk about that because, once again, when we get around to examining those beliefs in light of what the Bible has said and what historic Christianity has taught for 2,000 years, the real embarrassment is right there. And I don't think the Mormon hierarchy really wants the average, everyday schmo Mormon trying to defend that, because I think they know they couldn't. I think this is why there is a discouragement, you know, of, all, of many Mormons uh, from going online and checking these things out, or what they'll, what they'll do is they'll just kind of cast them to the wind and say, don't be thinking about that. The Mormon hierarchy has spoken. The thinking has been done. Somebody else says here, this is religious discrimination and it is disgusting. Well, I don't know if they, you know, the producers of the Deadpool, this Once Upon a Deadpool, necessarily had Mormons in mind when they did this. I don't know. Haven't talked to them. So I don't know if it's religious discrimination or not. You're certainly not going to get a whole lot of that in the movie. They don't even mention the Mormons. Is it disgusting? Yeah, the movie is, I think, pretty disgusting. But in the grand scheme of things, which is going to have more impact on a person's eternal welfare? Is it going to be this Deadpool movie? Or is it going to be Mormonism? I think it's going to be the latter. And I think what's going to, to what I'm going to find to be disgusting to use this person's words at the tail end is seeing all of these people who Joseph Smith led to hell finally being cast into the lake of fire. That's the end game. It's not going to be the celestial heaven and the terrestrial kingdom and the telestial uh, kingdom and the outer darkness and all this nonsense. There's heaven, there's hell. And to have all of these people that are complaining about this picture or this movie and not even stopping to consider the things we have talked about, or at least I've talked about it this last hour, I think is going to be disgusting. I think it's going to be offensive. I think it's going to be sacrilegious. I think it's going to be blasphemous. I think it's going to be tragic. If you're a Mormon and you listen to this later on and you disagree with me somewhere, I would love to hear from you. You can write me, Dr. Paul at capro.info. That's, there's no uh, periods or anything. It's just D-R-P-A-U-L at capro.info. I would love to hear from you. What is your rebuttal to all of this? Is there a rebuttal? Is this picture more important to you than what the Bible says? Because, my friend, what Mormonism teaches is completely antithetical to what the Bible teaches. And if you miss the biblical message, 
there is not going to be any amount of filling in the blanks for Mormonism that is going to get you where you think you need to go. I thank you for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed this. Once again, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. It's drpaul at capro.info. Until next week, you take care. God bless you. Look forward to talking to you again next time.